0: brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that supports life and family. 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite charity. Mention offer code TRADITION for a special Christmas offer. Learn more at CharityMobile.com. Today, we're going to revisit, in light of some of the news this past week coming out of Rome, including that about Cardinal Burke, the concept of the modernist as a believer. Now, many will say that they believe modernists to not have the faith. And strictly speaking, that would be true, but they have a belief in some higher power. Many of them are true believers in their mission. They believe they've been sent by God on a mission to update his church or to correct the church. That God wants the church corrected because the church has been wrong since it strayed from the true path early in its history. If that sounds familiar, it should. That's the refrain that The acolytes of Martin Luther had that is the refrain the Calvin that Calvin and his followers had the Link between Protestantism and modernism in the Catholic Church is not just shallow It is a very deep and close tie between the two Many of the modernists at Vatican II themselves said that the mistake that Luther and the others made was in leaving the Catholic Church, and that the they, the modernists, would not make the same mistake. That's where we are now, and Pius X saw all of this coming half a century before the changes in the Mass made in the 1950s that led to Vatican II and to the evolution of a new Mass that reflects the modernist theology. So, here we're going to talk today about where modernism comes from, and then the modernist as true believer. From Pope St. Pius X, Encyclical, Bascendi Dominici Gregis. Hence, it is quite impossible to maintain that to the modernist dogma expresses absolute truth. For insofar as dogmas are symbols, they are the images of truth, and so must be adapted to the religious sentiment in its relation to man. And as instruments, they are the vehicles of truth, and must therefore in their turn be adapted to a man in his relation to the religious sentiment. But the object of the religious sentiment, since it embraces that absolute, possesses an infinite variety of aspects of which now one, now another, may present itself. In like manner, he who believes may pass through in different phases. Consequently, the formula too, which we call dogmas, must be subject to these vicissitudes, and are therefore liable to change. Thus, the way is open to the intrinsic evolution of dogma. An immense collection of sophisms that ruins and destroys all religion. Dogma is not only able, but ought to evolve and to be changed to the modernist. This is strongly affirmed by the modernists, and as clearly flows from their principles. For among the chief points of their teaching is that which they deduce from the principle of vital eminence. That religious formulas, to be really religious and not merely theological speculations, ought to be living and to the life live the life of the religious sentiment. This is not to be understood in the sense that these formulas, especially if merely imaginative, were to be made for the religious sentiment. It has no more to do with their origin than with their number or quality. What is necessary is that the religious sentiment, with some modification, when necessary, should vitally assimilate them. In other words, it is necessary that the primitive formula be accepted and sanctioned by the heart, and similarly, the subsequent work from which spring these secondary formulas must proceed under the guidance of the heart hence it comes that these formulas to be living should be and should remain adapted to the faith and to him who believes wherefore if for any reason this adaptation should cease to exist they lose their first meaning and accordingly must be changed and since the character and lot of dogmatic formula is so precarious there is no room for surprise that modernists regard them so slightly and in such open disrespect and so they audaciously charge the church both with taking the wrong road from inability to distinguish the religious and moral sense of formulas from their surface meaning, and with clinging tenaciously and vainly to meaningless formulas, whilst religion is allowed to go to ruin. Blind that they are, and leaders of the blind, inflated with a boastful science, they have reached that pitch of folly where they twist the eternal concept of truth and the true nature of religious sentiment. With that new system of theirs, they are seen to be under the sway of a blind and unchecked passion for novelty, thinking not at all of finding some solid foundation of truth, but despising the holy and apostolic traditions. They embrace other vain, futile, uncertain doctrines condemned by the Church, on which in the height of their vanity they think they can rest and maintain truth itself. The Modernist as Believer Individual Experience and Religious Certitude Thus far, venerable brethren of the Modernist considered as philosopher. Now, if we proceed to consider him as believer seeking to know how the believer, according to modernism, is differentiated from the philosopher. It must be observed that although the philosopher recognizes as the object of faith the divine reality, still this reality is not to be found but in the heart of believers, as being an object of sentiment and affirmation, and therefore confined within the sphere of phenomena. But as to whether it exists outside the sentiment and affirmation is a matter which in no way concerns the philosopher. For the modernist believer, on the contrary, it is an established and certain fact that divine reality really does exist in itself and quite independently of the person who believes in it. If you ask on what foundation this assertion of the believer rests, they answer, in the experience of the individual. On this head, the modernist differs from the rationalists, only to fall into the opinion of the Protestants and pseudo-mystics. This is their manner of putting the question. In the religious sentiment, one must recognize a kind of intuition of the heart which puts man in immediate contact with the very reality of God, and infuses such a persuasion of God's existence and his action, both within and without man, as to excel greatly in any scientific conviction. They assert, therefore, the existence of a real experience, and one of a kind that surpasses all rational experience. If this experience is denied by some, like the rationalists, it arises from the fact that such persons are unwilling to put themselves in the moral state which is necessary to produce it. It is this experience which, when a person acquires it, makes him properly and truly a believer. How far off are we here from Catholic teaching we have already seen in the decree of the Vatican Council, First Vatican Council? We shall see later how, with such theories added to the other errors already mentioned, the way is open wide for atheism. Here it is well to note at once that, given this doctrine of experience, united with the other doctrine of symbolism, every religion, even that of paganism, must be held to be true. What is to prevent such experiences from being met within every religion? In fact that they are able to be found and asserted by not a few. And with what right will modernists deny the truth of experience affirmed by followers of our desert adversary? With what right can they claim true experiences for Catholics alone? Indeed, modernists do not deny but actually admit, some confusedly, others in the most open manner, that all religions are true, that they cannot feel otherwise is clear. For on what ground, according to their theories, could falsity be predicated of any religion whatsoever? It must be certainly on one of these two, either on account of the falsity of the religious sentiment or on account of the falsity of the formula pronounced by the mind. Now, the religious sentiment, although it may be more perfect or less perfect, is always one and the same. And the intellectual formula, in order to be true, has but to respond to the religious sentiment and to the believer, whatever be the intellectual capacity of the latter. In conflict between different religions, the most that modernists can maintain is that the Catholic has more truth because it is more living, and that it deserves with more reason the name of Christian because it corresponds more fully with the origins of Christianity. That these consequences flow from the premises will not seem unnatural to anybody. But what is amazing is that there are Catholics and priests who, we would fain believe, abhor such enormities yet act as if they fully approved of them. They heap such praise and bestow such public honor on the teachers of these errors as to give rise to the beliefs that their admiration is not meant merely for the persons who are perhaps not devoid of a certain merit, but rather from the errors which these persons openly profess and which they do all in their power to propagate. And that was the next short segment of Pescendi Dominici Gregis. We hear in that section Pope St. Pius X warning that this absolute relativism of modernism that something is basically true because the believer believes it to be true only leaves a couple of options. Absolute universalism, meaning every religion is true, or atheism, when both are basically the same thing. Except in the absolute universalist option, you are left with this a vague sentimental concept of God. And that goes a long way to explain Everything we see going on in the church today. The modernists are in control of the church and have been for decades. There are critics who would absolutely say that to some degree or another, every pope since Vatican II has imbibed of modernism. I am one of them. It is, you see this in the ecumenical dialogue that has gone on in Rome since the 1960s. the Something that the church had formally condemned even St. Pius X himself condemned it and had been avoided as a practice until after after Vatican II. Where do we see this today in the church, though, this absolute sentiment? Well, you see this with Francis telling others to not, the people of other uh, ways of thinking they know God, telling people they don't need to become Catholic. Bishop Barron said this to a to one of our so-called elder brothers in the faith on a show that garnered millions of views on social media, causing great scandal among the faithful. We have seen this time and time again, in fact. It is the refrain from Rome and has been for some time. We'll continue with Pashendi probably in about two weeks. Let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please. And hit like and subscribe if you haven't, it does help. So to sharing this on social media, that helps too. As always, pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.